Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture reading this morning is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he has promised our ancestors. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, we gather to sing your praises, raise our petitions to give our gifts. But as we gather now to hear your word read and proclaimed, We humbly pray that your word would be poured into our very souls, that you would fill us up, and that you would send us out in the world full of your spirit and full of your joy, so that we might be transformed from hearers of your word, but doers of your word, sharing that good news and joy with all the world. All of this we ask in your son's holy name. Amen. So as I turned on the TV a couple of weeks ago and sort of clicked through Netflix, I was amazed at the number of Christmas movies. Are you amazed at the number? Because I can remember as a kid, there might have been four or five, and you can argue about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not, so I guess I can make it six. But there seem to be, you know, just sort of the standard ones, and now, everywhere you turn, there's almost a Christmas movie channel, isn't there? According to the Wall Street Journal, the Hallmark Channel now has 136 Christmas movies, 33 of which came out last year, so we don't know what this year's number will push it up to. But everywhere you turn, between the Hallmark Channel and Netflix and in the regular movies that we knew as children, there's just a plethora, is there not? And every time you turn around, it seems like there's a new one being added, so much so that the Wall Street Journal said that there's a spreadsheet that some people are keeping of all these movies. Now, I'm a spreadsheet guy, and I'm trying to figure out, besides listing the names, what other kind of data you include on that spreadsheet, So if you're keeping a spreadsheet of Christmas movies, I'd like to see it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But the whole idea behind Christmas movies is that it's sort of, we want to feel the spirit, don't we? We want to get full of it. And sort of the basic genre covers a little bit of everything from, you know, a Christmas prince to, 
you know, the Christmas tree lot, uh, the waterfront, who knows what. But there's a basic storyline, isn't there? In the Christmas movie, the trope is simply this. There's this one person who is not feeling Christmas. They're kind of going through life, it's the Christmas season, and they're just not getting it, are they? They have no clue what's going around. They, they want to have that Christmas spirit, and, then, and it's just not there. And then something happens. They bump into that something, and there's that, that magical star sound, and they're intrigued. They're intrigued with it, and the more they spend time around this person or in these happenstance situations, it builds, doesn't it? It builds, and finally what you find is the protagonists in these Christmas movies, they finally get what they've been looking for. They finally have joy in their hearts, and they have Christmas spirit all around them. And whether that happens on Christmas Eve in a church or on Christmas Day under the tree, they're finally full of joy. Because that's what Christmas is about, isn't it? It's about joy. And so as we read in today's text, as we hear Mary singing the joy of her heart, she glorifies God. It says it's the Magnificat where she praises God for what God is doing through her life and for the world. But if we back that scripture up a little bit, if we started right before she sort of sang her song, you would find that she'd gone to visit her cousin Elizabeth and her cousin Elizabeth was also pregnant with what would become, who would become John the Baptist. The one that would tell the world that it was time for Jesus' earthly ministry to begin. And so as she walks in the house, she sort of yells out, you who, I'm here, so that Elizabeth know that her cousin was in the house. And it says that when she called out, Elizabeth's baby leapt for joy in the womb. See, that's what happens at Christmas. Christmas causes us to leap for joy in our hearts. It's that human emotion of pure pleasure and happiness. Christmas is that time where we're just filled with it, aren't we? I mean, there's everything to be joyous about. I mean, there's all the great music like what we've heard today or what's on the radio or all the lights and the decorations. And then there's the colors. I mean, it's green and gold and red and silver. And it seems to explode all over everywhere. Last Thursday, if you were at our senior adult luncheon, the entire auditorium was covered in green and gold and red, whether the decorations or just what we were wearing, whether it was ties or sweaters or sport coats or vests, everyone was decked out in their holiday finest. And it was as if a green, gold, red, silver explosion had happened downstairs. And then if it's not just that, if it's the singing of songs, the, the parties, the stories, the opportunities, the giving of gifts, if you like retail therapy, this is your season, is it not? And then there's time with family. It's hard not to be joyous at this time of year, but then there are some of us that, well, joy just hasn't gotten to us, has it? I mean, we're worried about all the year-end work. I mean, not only, is it the fourth, not only is it the end of the quarter in December, but it's the end of the year for many businesses. And so there's all this pressure to get that last sale, to get those last opportunities in. And then there's the traffic, and then there's the harried and hassled storekeepers, and there's all the noise, and there's so much to do. And for students, there's exams. And then if you're a child, you have to wear those uncomfortable clothes and those uncomfortable shoes and pose for that dreaded family portrait, Right? You know what I'm talking about. Your parents did that to you. I mean, I sound a bit like the Grinch, don't I? But there's no joy in that, is there? Or maybe for you, this has been a tough year. 
And so you want to feel it. You want to be wrapped up in all the joy, but it doesn't matter all the colors, all the songs. It's hard for you to feel the joy, isn't it? But here's the good news. The good news is what just happened on the mountainside. What happened there that evening, it was all was calm, all was quiet. The shepherds were by their sheep. They were doing their thing, doing what shepherds do, sort of selling stories and kind of watching the sheep and not really paying attention. And all of a sudden, all of the heavens burst in light and the angels appeared and they sang. And then they said these words, we bring you good news of great joy that has happened for you and for all people. We bring you great news of great joy that's happened for you and all people. For in this day in Bethlehem is born the Savior of the world. And so for us, for us, the important part comes that we remember those words of the angels and that we find that joy. With everything else going on around us, to really focus on that joy, the good news for what God has done for us and the world in Bethlehem. So as I got thinking about that, how do we hold joy in our hearts? How do we keep it? And I remember this old mnemonic that I learned years ago when I was a kid, joy. Where the J stands for Jesus, the O is for others, and then finally the Y is for yourself. So if we thought about putting our lives in order, we thought of Jesus, then others, and then finally ourselves, maybe just maybe we would keep joy in our hearts all year long. If we focus our time and our energy in that order on Jesus, others, and then ourselves, then maybe joy rests in our hearts. So we think about that. We think we, we know the obvious Christmas is about Jesus, right? I mean, that's a little bit kind of, of the, the, well, duh statement, right? I mean, we've seen that for years. Jesus is the reason for the season. But think about it with me. It's not just about the birth of Jesus. It's about what happens it's about what, the, what God expects for you and for me when we realize that Jesus has been born in our lives. If you journey with me to Bethlehem, if you think about Joseph and Mary and, Je and the shepherds and the wise men, the birth of Jesus changed their lives. I mean, Mary was just a teenage girl and she was engaged. Joseph was her fiance. They had this great plan for a wedding and a great simple life together. And then all of a sudden... It happened. All of a sudden, Joseph found out through the grapevine that his fiancée was pregnant. She knew from the angel that this was going to be different. And Joseph had an opportunity. He could have done what was his right. He could have just let her go quietly into the night and served himself and herself the embarrassment. But remember what happened. The angel came to Joseph and said, no, 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 don't do this. This is a good thing. So it completely changed their lives. I mean, not only were they going to be married, not only were they going to be parents all of a sudden, but they had to go through all that adversity, had to, had to put up with all the gossip in town because they knew in their hearts what this was about. But then at the end of all this, when the baby was born, that they were going to be parents, if you will, for the Son of God. You talk about parental pressure. But that wasn't enough. As they made that journey to Bethlehem, as they got there, as they had their baby in the stable there in the manger, what they didn't know was what was happening out on the hillsides and the shepherds had their lives changed and the angels spoke to them and they too journeyed to the manger to see this great thing 
that God had provided, this child born in a manger to save the world. They journeyed there to see him, and they told Joseph and Mary what they had seen and heard, and then they left the manger telling all the world. And then later, the Magi came, kings from the east who had seen the star, who knew that some great king was being born, and they packed up the finest of gifts, and they journeyed to the manger to see him. See, the birth of Jesus changed all of their lives. But it changed ours too, didn't it? Think about it. The trajectory of the world became very different that evening. So think about it. If you make your journey to Bethlehem, what will you see there in the manger? Imagine with me, if you will, if you'll close your eyes, imagine going there, going through the streets of Bethlehem and finding the stable and going in and kneeling down in front of the manger. In that quiet moment, do you realize it? Do you realize that he was not just born for the world, but he was born for you, born for me. So when we spend time on our knees there at the manger, realizing in the depth of our hearts that Jesus was born for us, not only as the world, but more importantly as individuals, then in very moment, does it change our lives? It changes what God expects out of each of us, what God hopes for us, what God calls us to do. It's in that moment we realize that Christ was born for us as individuals, that we realize that we have a greater calling, a calling to serve and to follow, calling to be worthy of that gift. And so it's in that moment when we realize that Christ was born for us that we have to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And it's in that moment when we say those words that we find a newfound joy in our hearts. A joy that says Christ was born in Bethlehem for me, for the world, but for me and for that reason alone, I will follow and I will do what my God asks of me. Because he sent his son for me. So we find that joy to serve Jesus in our hearts. What we might find in that conversation is that the next part about that is that part of that servanthood, part of that serving is to serve others, to serve the world around, to serve our brothers and sisters, about giving joy to them, providing ways to give joy in their lives. And in doing that, we find a greater joy in our own hearts. Think about it now. Think about the gift giving that we do. How often do we rush into stores and we just try to grab something off the shelf that uncle so-and-so is going to want or that cousin such-and-such needs? But what if we stopped and we took time and we tried to find the gift, the gift that would bring the greatest joy to them? Or think about the Christmas cards that you address. Do you just look at the names and you just think, oh, I've got to send these Christmas cards because we do it every year? Or do you think about how much joy that card will bring in their lives? As I've received your Christmas cards this year, I've taken great joy in seeing friends and family and to see what's happening and to see how the kids have grown and how they changed or how you come up with this idea of your family picture. Some of them are quite formal. Some of them are quite informal. Some of them are quite just you. And that's okay because it brings joy to the people that receive them because they know who we are or the gifts that we give. If we've given a gift that's just perfect, that will bring the right amount of joy, then we are on to what it's about. 
There's a story that's told years ago that there was a CEO of a company that was considering buying another one. The other company that they were going to buy was a toy company. And so as the story goes, that toy company sent to the CEO a truckload of toys at Christmas time. The CEO gazed in the back of the truck and said, what am I going to do with all these toys? And then it hit him. Working with local agencies found the names of families in the area where those toys could be used and they could make a difference to families that wouldn't have Christmas. So the next couple of weeks, he and his son would take the family car, they would load it up with toys, they had a list and they would go and they would stop at houses, carry the toys up on the porch, put them there, ring the doorbell. When someone came, they would say Merry Christmas and then dash in the car and head off, leaving people with the joy of these gifts that they had no clue that they were going to be getting. But see, not only did this joy that they find giving these gifts to other people bring so much joy to their lives, what they learned along the way was the joy it brought them. And for years later, around the family table at Christmas Eve, they would tell this story and they would remember with open hearts and great joy the fun they had that Christmas. You see, they had uncovered and recovered and remembered the joy of giving. The joy of giving joy to others because their focus was not on themselves. So if we want to find joy this Christmas, if our time and our energy is focused on Jesus and others, then we take a look at what time that we have left in our days and ask ourselves, what else might bring us joy? What else might bring joy to our lives? Might it be a change in our routine, a change in our habits? The way that we spend our time, our energy, our money is we find new priorities. And in them, I dare say that what we would find is a rearranging our lives to do more for God and more for others. And as we do that, we find less and less and we care less and less about ourselves and about our time and what's in it for us. And we find so much excitement in doing for God and for others that at that very moment, we receive the greatest gift in our hearts, the joy of the season. The joy of the season that carries us not through each and every day, but that carries us through every day of our lives going forward because we have uncovered the greatest gift of all, the gift of giving, the gift of serving, the gift of sharing God's joy with a world that so desperately needs it. And so there we have it. But starting with Jesus and then with others and finally ourselves, we have uncovered a deep pool of joy for today and every day of the rest of our lives. And so where does that leave us? By my watch and calendar, we have one and a half shopping days until Christmas. It's okay, that's good. That's a good thing. There's still time, you see, there's still time to find that joy. There's still time to go out into the world to figure out how to spend your time and your energy and your resources and your entire lives to devote them to Jesus and others and finally to joy in your life itself. So here's what I encourage you to do. I don't know what you've got left to do today. I don't know what's on your list of things. If you finally got it all done and you're going to sit back and watch Christmas movies. I mean, well, I know where you can find 136. I don't know if it's anything like that, but here's what you've got. 
You've got an opportunity. You've got an opportunity to invite others into this place. Think of the joy you've experienced this morning alone, the joy of being with each other. You see, there's room in the end here for joy. There's room in the end here for joy each and every week, but especially this week. So I encourage you to do that. Come back to this place. Bring your friends, your family. Experience the joy that God has for you. The joy in your hearts where you serve the Lord and you serve each other. Because the gift of God's greatest joy has already been given to us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.